Hello, beautiful people. We are back for another episode. Hey, Joe. How are you doing today? I am struggling right now with the current transits. I have a shit ton of them and they're just messing me up. What's going on up in the stars that you know of? So we had the Mars Kazemi, but then there's a Saturn square, the sun. Saturn. You know how I feel about Saturn. Yeah. Saturn is a big old meanie. Um, it's my chart ruler, or not? It's not, it's not my chart ruler. It's my um, sign ruler, Saturn. right? Yes, Cap- it's my sign ruler. Capricorn. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, Saturn is always ever present in my life. So if there's a Saturn transit going on, then he's like, "Hold on, hold up. Let me stop a minute and fuck with Joe." It's a Saturn Chiron. That's what it is. Uh, well, Saturn and Chiron. Um, have been and will be semi-square. So that's what that makes sense. And Chiron's your wound, right? It's your, like your, the the soul wound that you're here to overcome. Yeah. It's the soul wound. And it's one of the few wounds or lessons in your chart that you can never really heal. Um, right. It's like, yeah, that eternal sort of, you're always going to come up against that. Now, my Chiron is in Pisces, which is the wound of faith, mm-hmm. which means mm-hmm. I'm always going to deal with hard lessons. Well, um, faith. Do I have faith in this? Do I have faith in that? Do I have faith in the mm-hmm. universe? Do I have faith in myself? Right. That's always mm-hmm. going to be an issue for me. But then when that, when it has a square, you said with Saturn? Yes, square. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, faith is going to come up worry, doubt, all those things. And then of course, Saturn, hard lessons, you know, and I get Saturn is Saturn's like, um, you know, that tough love, right? The Saturn's teacher. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we want yep. you to learn so that you can do better. I get it, but yeah. who, you know, just sometimes it's like, okay, sit down Saturn and give me a fucking minute. But mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you? How are you, how are you doing these in this energy or any energy? I'm doing okay. Um, I have felt myself kind of going down into the like living in my head thing, which that's an indicator to me that I need to get back into my like a solid meditation practice that I haven't I haven't been adhering to. Yeah, what's your meditation practice look like? It's usually uh, well, I was I've done TM for years now, uh, and it's just twenty minutes twice a day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, and it's sometimes, you know, it's easy to say, like, it's hard to find the time, but it's just, you just have to make the time. It can be something as simple as, like, getting up a little bit earlier, the 20 minutes earlier, and then just sitting up in bed and doing it. Like, it's not, you know, it doesn't really have to be that complicated. No. But, you know. It doesn't. And I know a lot of people, um, it, well, I won't say a lot of people, but people are different, right? So mm-hmm. I can't do morning meditations. I have to do it like at night. So like 11, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, 12 at night is when I do meditations like right before bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I will usually do just like a, a small short meditation right before going to bed too, just because I like how it enhances my dreams. So yeah. Yeah, you and you dream like I dream a lot and I dream every night. Yeah, I dream every night and lately my dreams have been about about being on vacation, about being like in some temporary place and like trying to go back home, which has been kind of weird because it's like every night some the same a different version of the same dream every night. 
Dude, you know, that's telling you that, that it's time for you to get back to the basics. That's the astrology is supporting that too. Like getting back to the basics, like where are you putting your energy, where it doesn't serve you, um, where, what are you focusing on that's not really going to be a true and authentic expression of self? Get back mm. to the basics type of energy. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. And especially because the dreams uh, are usually involving with the kids like there's a, there's always like the it's always family it's always with the family um and the kids are always there like it's always something about like okay we're all so yeah and i i can i can see that i can feel that because i know i mean i've talked to you about this kind of throughout the year that it's been a year of really taking a hard look at how i am as a parent and like and you know in my relationship with my kids and and that so mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah. Uh, 2023 has been a tough year for a lot of people. It was a universal seven year. Um, and that means going inward and, you know, looking, peeling back the layers, getting deeper, diving deeper into who we are, what we want, what makes mm-hmm. us happy. It really has been a tough year. Um, I don't know anybody that's like, this year has been cake, right? Everybody's <laughs> like, this year sucked. Um, you know, the good news is that we're moving into an eight universal year, which is a year of empowerment and disempowerment. So all of the things that we uncovered in the seven year, all of the things that aren't serving us, where we're putting our energy where it's not really, you know, giving us what we want. Yeah. Eight is going to bring all that to the surface and say, okay, now what are you going to do? Because mm-hmm. eight is a year of action. It's a year of identifying disempowering people and situations in your life and then flipping the script. And then once you flip that script, um, then eight, the eight year says, okay, now let's see what you do with success. Let's see what you do with abundance and prosperity. Okay. Um, so I think that a lot of people who've been struggling, myself included, the eight universal year is going to help us. Um, that's where we get handed a taste of the dreams that we want, right? Or we mm-hmm. get handed the the foundations mm-hmm. for those dreams that we've been, that we've been dreaming. So, um, yeah. On one hand, I'm looking forward to it. On the other hand, I have an eight personal year next year. Mm-hmm. Um, or oh. a seven personal year coming up and then an eight personal year next year. So the next two years are going to be, um, I, I don't know. I think Saturn's going to be there like. <laughs> Calling shots. Encouraging, but also, you know, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. I feel like this year has been a different type of difficult. It's not 2020 hard. No. <laughs> See, and I love 2020. I was like, this is the sweetest year ever. <laughs> uh, God, I hated 2020. That was fucking awful. <laughs> oh, my God. That was like the hardest year of my life. It felt like, yeah. <laughs> it's, that was like a that was like my tower card year. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Off. Off. So much stuff. Off mic, I need to find out, like, what specifically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have we? I think we talked about, no, maybe we haven't. But yeah, it was bad. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, you have any uh, announcements, stuff you have going on before you get started? You know, nothing, like, big. I'm reading um, around town, New Renaissance, Psychic Sister. Go to their websites to find out when and to register. I've got a couple classes coming up at WooPDX in um, Kenton um, at Blackthorn Mercantile on Williams. So there's lots going on and pretty much everything is um, you can find out where I'm going to be um, if you follow me on Instagram at Akashic Reader Joe Figueres or um, Mystic Metal and Stone 
um, I try to promo everything. Um, and then I have some events on my website too. So, um, that's really what's going on Yeah, for now. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. What about you? I'm offering in-person sessions. And so you, yeah, you can see those all have them linked on there, linked on my website. Uh, I have just reduced it down to just one in-person offering. And those are just my clarity sessions, which include, it's basically Reiki plus Olympia. Um, and so it's just a nice single session. You can buy, you can also buy as gift certificates too, if you want to that, give someone a healing session. That sounds fantastic. I need one of those. I'm, that's it. I'm coming down. Well, when you, uh, you'll be here. Right. I, you'll I, be here soon enough. Right. We're manifesting this. Yes. <laughs> Hey, Joe, so have I told you that I'm trying to cut down on caffeine? No. Why would you do that? So it's starting to affect my hormones. And honestly, also, I don't like the, the yellow teeth thing. It's, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so on my quest to find a, ca- a caffeine alternative, I found this product called Magic Mind. It's a little productivity shot. Oh, it, it, is it similar to Magic Mike? Oh, uh, well, I mean, it is magical (laughs) for your mind. (laughs) It is. uh, It's like slightly sweet. um, But I will tell you, the theme that drew me to it was the fact that it contains lion's mane mushrooms. And you know how I feel about mushrooms. I do. You love your mushrooms. What are the benefits of lion's mane? So lion's mane is a nootropic and an adaptogen. So it it helps your brain function, but it also helps to reduce anxiety and inflammation while it supports cognitive function. So it's a pretty amazing ingredient. And that actually sounds like something I need. Look at me like, "Mm, no, why would you give up coffee? No, I'm like, wait, maybe that's a good. Can you drink it with coffee? Yes, you can. You can. If you also would still like to continue drinking your coffee, you can absolutely add it to your just your daily routine. All right. You can have it in the morning <laughs> or at any point. It doesn't it doesn't make you jittery, so it's not yeah. All you're, right. You're good. you're good. Dude, now I'm on board. I'm like, "All right. Okay. So, um where'd you get it? Like how can I find it?" So, it recently launched in Sprouts, so you can just go to your local Sprouts and Buy it before you subscribe. Uh, and actually, they're offering us a discount for our listeners. Oh, I love that. Really? That's great. Okay, first off, where is Sprouts? Is that a is that a Southern California thing? Yeah, uh, they're supermarket farmers markets. Okay, all right. Yep, because we don't have that in we don't in have Portland. that here in Portland. But you mentioned a website. Yes. So you can go on magicmind.com and you can use our code esoterics20 and you can get 20% off a new subscription. I love that. So is the subscription they'll continue to send this to you? Yes, because it's supposed to be a daily habit and it's just like, it's just a little shot. So you can take one every morning, but yes, you want to stock up on, stock your fridge up. I love that. 20% off. Okay. Uh, yes. You know what? You've, you've convinced me to try it. I'm on board. All right. Esoterics 20, guys, and we'll have a link in our show notes. Want to talk about the retreat real quick before we talk about what we're going to talk about today? Sure. So registration is, of course, open for our 2024 Quantum Consciousness Retreat for healers, mystics, seekers, and alchemists. Basically, anybody um, that wants to learn how to develop um, practices in their life to self-master. We're going to talk about quantum manifestation. We're going to talk about 
um, you know, your, your human design. Uh, Furley's is going to teach us how to um, facilitate an integration circle or just how to integrate. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have some meditations in the water and in the desert. It's just going to be a really beautiful couple of days of coming together in self-mastery. Um, so that is Tuesday, March 19th through Friday, the March, Friday, March 22nd. Um, and the cost of the entire week is 1,555. We have the, you have the option to make monthly payments through PayPal and it breaks it down. We actually are, we don't have a ton of spots left. No, I no, think. we don't. We, I think we have like four. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like people are speaking for them, right? They're making mm-hmm. their payments, that sort of thing. So, um, if you want in on this, um, do it quick. I would definitely do it before, um, like Christmas or new year, because I think people might get their Christmas and new year presents and money and be like, we're going to do this or tax money too. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. Okay. What are we going to talk about today? Today, I want to talk to you about Pluto and how he defines the generations. Oh, this, let's get into this. Yes. Okay. So we touched on this because when you did the breakdown of the generations and then a couple episodes ago when we did our hundredth episode, I had mentioned it. Like, I don't remember if we had talked about it in that episode and you said we didn't like, and this is something that had recently come up for me that technically because of how, and I'm going to explain this because of how Pluto changes signs every so many years, it's actually the, what defines our generations. All right. Yes. So Pluto was actually discovered in 1930, and it is the most distant planet from us here on Earth, and it signifies the power that lies beneath the surface. It is the horizon between worlds, between life and death, between what has been and what will be. Pluto rules over the processes that take us from one cycle to the next, and it brings significant, deep transformation into our lives. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. So a lot of us remember when Pluto was demoted as a planet in 2006. <laughs> wait, wait, what? I don't. What do you mean it was You don't demoted? remember? <laughs> yeah, I remember he was they were they declared him not a planet anymore. Do you remember? No. Yes, it was so sad. Poor Pluto. <laughs> Poor little Pluto. Right? Um but now uh he's technically considered a minor planet because it's because he's so far out on the outskirts of the on the edges of the solar system mm-hmm. because of this uh it takes pluto 248 years to make its way through the zodiac like yeah. one trip around the sun so technically uh it hasn't completed a trip since it was discovered that's true yeah that's it it's it's funny like that uh pluto is also erratic though uh, it takes anywhere from 12 to 24 years to transit a particular sign. Uh, and sometimes when it's been in Taurus, it's taken up to 30 years, just like sitting in Taurus, which kind of makes sense, though. That's like a Taurus feature, That's... just kind of being like slow. And Taurus <laughs> needs that, that transformation, too. Um, yeah. And listen, I can tell you, as someone who lives physically on my Pluto line and I'm Mm -hmm. referencing astrocartography here. Um, It's a good thing. Pluto is that far out because all of the things you said, erratic transformation, you know, um, the phase in between from one phase to the next Pluto is a, a a fucker. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Put it kindly. Um, Yeah. It's a tough planet. Yeah. 
It's a tough energy. It is. It is. And that's why it is great that it's it is so far away. Mm-hmm. Um, but so when you couple these things, the fact that it takes it so much time to transit and it's distance from Earth, that that transit defines an entire era in history. Right. So it takes time to accurately reflect on like how the the shadow is cast on each generation. So it's not usually until a generation comes of age. Um, So for example, like when they're in their 20s or 30s, that we get a handle on what really fuels them. However, as we progress into like the more recent generations, we're going to see that there's characteristics that we're already seeing of like Gen Z and Gen Alpha that like we've we're seeing it from from childhood with them so right right because it not only defines the area that they're born in but the changes that they as a generation are bound to bring into the world Mm -hmm. once they reach adulthood Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. just that you're seeing that in in the news right now you can see people the younger generation they're pushing back in the political arena and they're like no you know uh, the two justins that are like what the yeah. are you doing? So yeah. go to Justin's. Mm-hmm. Uh, each generation is meant to learn and evolve beyond the generation that came before them. Uh, right. Because socially, like that's our purpose. We're meant to right. progress. Um, and that's pretty much a given. But Pluto helps to, us to see what approach a generation will take to their up leveling and their deep desires. And then what kind of tribulations they'll face a- along the way as a people. Oh, that's really interesting. So like, think about it. Like, why are boomers so self-interested? Why do Gen Xers school others on authenticity and social justice? Why are millennials externally emo? Like, and then like, what is it with Gen Z and their never ending quest to shrink (laughs) traditional modes? Like, you know, they're just like, no, no, we're not doing that anymore. Or like, why do you guys have to capitalize everything? We're going all lowercase. Like, just shit like that. Yeah. I, they really are. Listen, they're I, they're they're the little the next little Gen X generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they definitely are. But and then a lot of them too. And I'm going to touch on this: is you have to think of who raised them, like because mm-hmm. that it plays an influence. There's no denying that your parents influence who you are as a person. Sometimes mm-hmm. they they can encourage you, and sometimes their parenting causes you to rebel against like everything that they wanted you to be. Yep. Um, so um, we're going to go through the breakdown through the six most recent uh, transits that Pluto has had. We're going to start with Leo and then Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn. And then currently we're moving into Aquarius. Nice. All right. So the first is Pluto and Leo. These are the baby boomers. So this, uh, these are people typically noted to be born between 1946 and 1964. Pluto was touring the fixed fire of Leo from actually from 1937 to 1958. So if we're going to, we're going to define Pluto and Leo, it's actually 1937 to 1958. So this coincided with the birth of all the baby boomers. These are all the, the children that were born from people who were just done with the war and they had put off having children during the war. And so it was like, an, it created this influx, right? Of, of babies. Um, they're also known as the me generation, which of course, because mm. they're Leo. <laughs> mm-hmm. And these, the, the boomers were actually born from the silent generation. Yes. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, yes. the silent, yep. the silent generation, or the greatest generation. Yeah, the greatest. Yes, yeah. the greatest generation was te- yeah. were technically their parents. <laughs> 
just because they went through all their trauma and they didn't complain. <laughs> they didn't. And and just quick, real quick, they were born from uh, the Gilded generation. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know past the Greatest Generation. On to be honest uh, with you. Um, super quick. I am watching right now on HBO, the gilded era, um, on uh-huh. HBO and that uh-huh. is dudes. Oh my God. That show is just, it's something else. It's good, but who we, there are times when I'm just yelling at the TV. What time, what time period does it take place in? Um, like the 1800s, um, 1800s, oh, okay. um, society in New York when New York was just coming up, um, mm. you know, and it's like old money versus new money. And Christine Baranski is starring in it and she is amazing cynthia nixon um it's so good but oh my god these um yeah they're snotty elites it's um anyway so i digress back to yes <laughs> back to back pluto to- and leo okay <laughs> so yes like i said they were known they're also known as the me generation which is a very suitable name as leo is the sign that represents the self it radiates warmth and it embodies leadership so are we really yeah. surprised that boomers are Leos? No, mm-mm. not at all. Uh, so when this generation came of age in the late 60s and early 70s, it was the early era of sweeping social reforms and protest movements. So think of like the iconic leaders who led the social movement. Mm-hmm. They weren't short on charisma. They were embodying the Leo energy of this generation. Yes. During this time, social and political power was completely transformed by all these leaders who weren't unafraid to stand up against corruption, racism, patriarchy, greed. The problem is, though, that the Pluto and Leo generation also witnessed the loss of many of those leaders. Right. Assassinations. Yeah. Yes. So think of, yep. JFK was 1963. Mm -hmm. Malcolm X was 1965. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was 1968. Yeah. So the murders of these historic figures rattled the U.S. And even today, they remain really shrouded in mystery and so-called conspiracy theories, which are also Plutonian significations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. What's interesting, though, is that as the decades have progressed, we've seen how the Pluto and Leo generation's self-realized agenda has come as a detriment to the notion of community. So yep. they were like the ones that really embodied the whole nuclear family aesthetic. But with that, we lost like communities in the way that we known them up until up until that point, where before uh, a family would own a plot of land. And then as they had children who grew up, maybe their children would just plop a house on that same plot of land. And then you, we, we would all kind of just live as a community in your parents and whoever would live next door we lost that and this was the generation that that really like blew up with with that with the nuclear family idea it's also like the us versus them and i think that it was it's always been there just it's what the found the the united states is based on but Mm -hmm. you know that's like you know they're not like us they're you know Mm -hmm. that, that mentality yep yep and as they got older they're the generation that went into this because Leo's a fixed sign. So they went into their conservatism. Then that's when Reaganism and trickle-down economics, and that changed the, all the, the whole U.S. financial policies. When Pluto and Leo representatives, they constituted the majority of the demographics in Congress. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like, mm-hmm. that's, that's yeah. what they did. And the shadow of Pluto and Leo is that it puts the individual first at the expense of the collective. And that's what's happening right now. That yep. like right now they're like it's like they're going back to that you know yes. 
Um, but I think we have to go back in order to go forward, mm-hmm. which I'm sh- you'll get to. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's a special thing that I learned. Okay? okay, there's a generation between the Boomers and Gen X. What? Yeah, it's Who, called what? Gen V. V. Yes. So it's Pluto and Virgo. So Generation V was technically born. Uh, this was the Pluto transit that took place from 1958 to 1971. They're also referred to as early Gen X. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm a late addition to that. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a late Gen V early. Uh, anyway. Yeah. 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 Early Gen X. You're, you're mm-hmm. a Gen Xer. Yeah. Okay. So you've met these people. It's the boomers who insist they aren't boomers or that they're <laughs> the cool boomers. That's actually Gen V. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) Yeah, because this is according to astrology, okay? So, uh, yeah, there should technically there should be a generation between boomers and Gen X, and they take on different characteristics because this is Pluto and Virgo. Gen V is most notable for their dexterity and their ability to do more with less. Uh, civil rights and technology are the A game of this generation. Um, mm-hmm. They are a tech savvy cohort. And we typically associate the, the older half of these as Gen X and the younger half of boomers is predominantly Gen V. So that's, okay. that's how this works. Gen V experienced the era, the era of serial killers and cults during the 60s and 70s. Yes. This was a phenomenon that b- both terrified and fascinated this generation. So millennials might be like the best true crime storytellers, but Gen V is the true crime generation because they lived it. They lived it. Yes. The trauma from this period inspired a generation of forensic scientists, psychologists, crime investigators, and genetic engineers who are credited for breakthrough technologies in science today. Yeah, just think of for anybody that listens to true crime, when people tell a true crime story, if it took place any time basically before like the late 80s, DNA was like almost like non-existent. Mm-hmm. And then and so it was this generation that really worked to advance that technology, that science, so that we have what we have today, where like if someone breathed on something a little too hard, they're gonna catch mm-hmm. you. Like mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another interesting thing about about Gen V is that they are also born with Uranus in Virgo and Neptune in Scorpio. And so their childhoods also occurred during the sexual revolution. So it triggered unconscious feelings of confusion when it comes to their sexuality. The Madonna whore complex is like high key Pluto and Virgo energy. Because remember, Virgo is also the virgin. So it's kind of like like the guilty conscience uh, resulting that from taking partaking in the act Mm -hmm. yep shame around sexuality which is kind of like going away right now you Mm -hmm. know people are like i'm not gonna be ashamed of my sexuality it's who i am yep yep uh gen v is actually known to be the largest online shopping group they even surpass millennials and zoomers really yes yep they are they are the penny pinchers who are widely known for hoarding tendencies as well Uh, but here here's where it comes from so hoarding or lack thereof was actually a an unconscious response um to what seemed to be growing as a communist influence around the globe throughout the 1950s and 70s so in turn gen v feared that everything that they worked hard for was at jeopardy so this is when you start seeing like those 
the people who hoard wealth, right? Because I, I know, like, we think of hoarding, we think of, like, fucking newspapers stacked Jesus, up in a living right? room. <laughs> right? Yeah, but there's also another version of hoarding, which is which is hoarding wealth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But even as that issue passed, uh, the, the tendency became a norm for that generation, and they didn't outgrow it. So that's where you know, wealth hoarding is explained. Virgo, though, also corresponds to the harvest. Think of when Virgo yeah. season is in September. That's also harvest season. Uh, Virgo when the Virgin is carrying a piece of wheat. Yes. Symbol. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Harvest. Yep. Yep. When Pluto dug into this sign, it also led to the rise of mass agriculture and overcultivation of land to grow monoliths of crops. Mm-hmm. So think of like, you know, the the grand expansion of farming throughout the country and especially the like I think of like crowded animals and just over harvesting and affecting the land and, and waste, like just Mm -hmm. very wasteful. A Virgo attributes also have to do with refinery as well, because this is the generation that was sent to fight the Gulf war, which was a war over Iraq's evasion of Kuwait that put oil resources at stake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So since Virgo rules commerce, health, and labor, Gen V has centered their legacy on improving the world through practicality and utility. They revolutionized e-commerce, transportation, medicine, and technology that makes our world go round till this day. So that's cool, right? We hadn't heard of that before. No. And there's 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 a few traits in there that I can relate to as mm-hmm. an Xer, but yeah majority of it i'm like yeah that doesn't sound like me especially mm-hmm. the tech part you now you know how i feel about tech i don't <laughs> i don't care for it at all yeah well so, i i guess you have to think a bit of like okay that's that's how you feel about tech as it is today right but think yeah. of like tech that would have been for you as a child and would have been super advanced for like your parents or grandparents right so yeah man like we i grew up with walkmans and pagers Mm -hmm. and you know like little tiny little tiny tvs that you that were like shaped like boom boxes that you Mm -hmm. could take with you um you know the first mobile car was or the first mobile phone was actually a freaking phone Yes, in in the console of (laughs) your car with like a cord, right? I saw one at an estate sale the other day. (laughs) I've never seen one. (laughs) The first time I remember, I was I was riding with some friends, and um, the phone the phone rang in the car, and I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" Right? Like, and she opens up her console and she picks up the phone. She's like, "Hello," and I'm literally looking at her like she has twelve heads. I'm like, "What the?" And, and it has like a was, giant antenna. Yes, it did too. And then when she was done, I was like, give me that phone. Can I? And I yeah, I, can I, I listened. I'm like, yep, there's a dial tone and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so yes. So you had a lot of tech. It just doesn't look like the tech that we have today. But mm-hmm. but you did grow up with, you know, you had a lot of tech come into your life as as you were growing up. All right. The next generation is Pluto and Libra. That's Gen X. Hello, Gen Xers. Which, of course, you guys are Pluto and Libra. That's why I like Gen Xers so much. Mm-hmm. This transit happened from 1971 to 1984. So I just barely missed being an Xer. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, because I was born in 69. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah. So that's why you're, like I said, that's why Gen V is kind of kind of the unknown because it's the that upper half is technically boomers and then lower is just older gen x which is there that's where we're at libra is ruled by venus 
uh, making this a period of rebirth for feminism, equality, relationships, marriage, and the judicial system. Because remember, Libra is about justice and balance. Pluto and Libra people were incarnated into this lifetime to learn lessons surrounding balance and justice and the true meaning of me versus we. This is also the first generation to proudly declare that they would not be having children. Although I know that there are people in older generations who chose not to have children. This was Mm -hmm. a generation that was like outspoken about it. It was like, nope, not doing it. Yep. They also lit fire to patriarchal ideas behind what their life should look like. They are the MTV generation. They mm-hmm. used music and media as a means of social confrontation. Yeah. Think of grunge. I mean, the grunge, oh the, all the grunge artists, those were, yep. even though that technically took place in the millennial era, those were Gen Xers doing the work. Uh, uh, all of the music is so rebellious. Billy yeah. Idol, you know, like all of that. Like, you know, don't tell me how what to do. Don't tell me how to live. Fuck mm-hmm. you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Pluto and Libra natives have most certainly mastered the art of relatability, but don't get it twisted because their powers of persuasion and knack for negotiating are incredibly subtle. Borderlining mesmerism, and that's all thanks to the influence of Pluto, of course. You'll notice that Gen X is rarely caught in the crossfire of heated generational battles, and that's because they mind their own business. (laughs) (laughs) We don't. don't, We're apathetic. We're like, yeah, you do you, you. I'm going to be over here. Exactly, exactly. They lived through the Cold War, and then they eventually experienced a burnout effect with being on the edge from the wishy-washy times that they were brought up with. So in turn, they value comfort, stability, and mutual respect. We're just not down for, you know, confrontations and arguments. I mean, that that falls beautifully and perfectly into Libra because we're like, look, that's not what we're Mm -hmm. trying to do here. We're trying to do our thing. Like, why can't you just let us do our thing? Leave us alone. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Pluto's journey through Libra could have also instilled the unconscious need to people, please, which often results in the loss of self. But another explanation to this is that Gen X is also a generation full of empaths people who feel everything and that feeling can be overwhelming when you don't know how to handle it. And so this led to many Gen Xers being introverts or at least just acting like introverts, uh, just avoiding relationships entirely for periods of time. Yeah, I can completely relate to that as far as, you know, the clients that I work with, but also as someone who helps people, you know, identify, um, you know, their soul blueprint, what they're here to do, you know, working with their numerology, astrology and human design. And it's absolutely true. Um, that that completely tracks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This generation also witnessed the upheaval that came with the spike of divorce. Hence, this would result in the indecision towards commitment and compromise. On another note, this was also the area of relationship taboos, such as living together or having children before marriage. And like I said, some not having children at all. The Pluto generation knew from a very young age that there was no such thing as happily ever after. Hmm. So much so that those born with this generational placement are likely to test the longevity of their connections by rocking the boat from time to time. Hmm. So I don't totally jive with that, um, you know, because I am a big believer in happily ever after, the fairy tale, all that stuff. But I do see, uh, you know, those as in a my generation. generation. Yeah. Yes, as a generation, yeah. how they're like, we're going to push back. We're going to rock yeah. the boat. Yeah, I think I think what what happens is more of like uh, that 
happily ever after is a lie. Like, it's not just like we get married and then we live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. They realize yeah. that like, no, that it takes, it takes effort. It takes work that there's, that there's still more to be done after the fact. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. So with them embodying the search for justice and balance, this generation is also comprised of lawmakers, justices of the courts, and thought leaders whose flavor of what constitutes equanimity and reciprocity is ever evolving. Yeah, that's true. At present day, we are discussing what reparations look like for Black Americans, and we're finally acknowledging the presence of women and femmes in the workforce and seeking justice for trans folks thanks to their efforts. Yeah, yes. Those born with Pluto and Libra hold a strong influence in these realms, and they are continually reaching for equality. I love that. It, it, there, and there's such a huge justice theme in my life that I didn't realize. You know, once I realized, oh wait, I'm a Libra rising, and mm-hmm. that's why I'm always all about, you know, like you know, get into arguments on social media because people are being mean to other people. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. why do you have to be mean? Why can't you just be nice? Yep, exactly. Yeah, because it's it's justice and balance. All right, and now we get into Scorpio. Pluto and Scorpio makes up the millennials, and this transit happened from nineteen, roughly from nineteen eighty three to nineteen ninety five. So here's the thing, though, because that's why some of these dates. Because I know if you notice with Gen X, it actually said nineteen eighty four. Right. When Pluto does its transits, it also has periods of retrograde where it yeah. briefly goes back into its previous sign. So, like right now. For example, we in March, we moved from Pluto, Pluto moved into Aquarius. But right now, Pluto is in retrograde back into Capricorn. Yes. So so that happens too. Okay. So this is actually the shortest time that Pluto has spent in one sign in in recent and modern times. And honestly, like with everything that millennials have had to witness, like I'm not really surprised that it was like a short lived thing. Because it was like, okay, that's enough of you. Like I'm I'm super excited to hear what you're about to say because I would never peg millennials as Pluto and Scorpio. A Pluto right? and Scorpio? Those two together. I oh. mean, uh, millennials, I don't know, but yeah. Let's oh, no, you'll see. Say. You'll see. Yes? You'll okay. see. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Connect okay. the dots for me, mom. I will. I will. Okay. So here's another thing before I get into like what millennials expel. Most millennials were born to boomers, right? Because I think the Gen Xers are t- were too young to be our parents. Although I'm sure there's like maybe a-, a few here and there. But for the most part, our parents were boomers. With Pluto and Leo and then Pluto and Libra, Libra and Leo actually square each other. So this mm-hmm. is where we're talking about the square. So that's when uh, a sign is 90 degrees away, right? Because you mm-hmm. can't make a square without a 90 degree angle. So... And and what a square means, that aspect denotes conflict, which mm-hmm. makes sense why millennials piss off their boomer parents so easily. <laughs> Poor millennials. <laughs> uh, the, the personification of Pluto and Scorpio is shadowy underworld. Scorpio is a fixed water sign, so it exudes an enormous amount of passion and intensity. Yep. Scorpio is also psychic. It's also about secrets, the deep waters of emotion, and then a sharp bite to tap it off. Oh, so that I makes sense, where you're right? Headed. Like, I see where you're yeah. headed. Yep. Yeah. We're the 90s latchkey kids. Mm-hmm. We were raised by the TV and dial-up internet, and we're the last generation that straddled analog and digital world. 
when then with those with Pluto and Scorpio, we were thrust into a world of outdated modes ready to be composted. So this process hasn't been easy, as any millennial will tell you, uh, whether we're elder like me or younger. As teens, we witnessed terrorist attacks of September 11th on TV, and then we endured the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan that followed. And then we entered the workforce in the early, in the late 2000s when the Great Recession hit. Uh, and so it just upended financial security that all the previous generations before us had enjoyed. The fear of abandonment and betrayal unconsciously haunts Pluto and Scorpios. Um, this is precisely where the generation is meant to rise from the ashes like a phoenix and transcend the trauma of previous generations. Another thing about this generation is that they incarnated in this lifetime amidst some of the most tragic phenomenons. Aside from like September 11th, we also saw like HIV AIDS pandemic as well. Like that was in the 80s, like right when we were born. That energy signature of death and power and sex also became rooted in the collective psyche. And so this in particular themes of decay and destruction created this like yearning for answers and specifically regarding the mysteries of the universe. So growing up with the sixth sense is pretty much inevitable when you're surrounded by all this stuff. And this is why so many Pluto and Scorpio individuals found solace through the dark arts. Like a lot of us were into like witchcraft or like we just kind of went down that road or like even think of uh, like emo goths and, and that kind of stuff as well. For the sure. music, the music got real dark too, emo. Yeah. So if we weren't waiting for our boomer parents to leave the house to experiment with a Ouija board, we were exchanging words with our crushes over AIM. Uh, we were also expressing ourselves through buddy icons. And then for us, we were the ones that ran with social media networks, like social media networks, MySpace, Facebook, Tumblr, all these, they were basically made for us. Like that's like we were the ones that were predominantly on there. And not just were we on there, like, you know, to connect with our friends or whoever, we were publicizing our inner lives. And that's mm -hmm. a very scorpionic trait. Mm -hmm. Chokers, underground raves, the grunge era of music, the goth emo aesthetic, those are all like, those are all themes that happen within the millennial era, but they're really complex as well. These individuals were born to trigger the world around them. They are mirroring subconscious themes of fear, pain, resentment, and sexuality. So that's so interesting because there's so many things in that description that I'm like, that feels very Gen X too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and of course there's overlap and everything, but I'm really resonating with your description of this generation much more, I won't say more so than X, but, um, yeah, definitely. It's like, I'm going, that's us too. That's X too. That's X too. Yes. Yeah. Well, because we, we witness these things together and yeah. then we also, we work towards this as well. And like, like the grunge era, right. And even like emos and goth, like emos and goths also started with with Gen Xers. That wasn't like goths was not a millennial thing. Goths were around for Gen Xers. I would say Gen Xers probably started the whole goth thing. It, yeah. It, goth has definitely started, um, you know, just like with that by the Xers metal and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, did you have a MySpace page? Yes. Mm -hmm. Dude, I did too. And I was so mad when they closed it. I was like, <laughs> that's my, 
Right. I thought, oh, I'm losing all my content. We all know how to do a little code on there. Yeah. It took me forever to get on Facebook. I remember all of my friends were like, welcome to Facebook. And I was like, I know. For, for, for I was like this time, is I was so like, boring. It was so boring compared to MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> but those born with Pluto and Scorpio also learned how to shed a skin or two. Because this was the generation that witnessed the election being stolen um, from with Bush versus Gore, which that fucking election was stolen for sure. It sure uh, was. Yeah. And then we returned to the polls eight years later, ready to elect the first black president, a generation that also predicated on hope with a dose of scorpionic revenge because mm-hmm. Pluto may forgive but Pluto does not forget. Mm -mm. The power of Pluto and Scorpio as a generation is the ability to expose taboos in order to protect those who are most vulnerable, to use their emotional radar to identify places of rot in the culture so that it may become more abundant for everyone. Right, right. And next we move into Pluto and Sagittarius. So this is Technically, early Generation Z. So this happened from 1996 to 2009. These individuals are the epitome of hashtag no filter. Mm -hmm. And with good reason, because that whole phrase of too smart for your own good is probably the best way to describe Pluto and Sagittarius. Uh, It also comes with the turf that when you're born into an era of ugly truths, like you're going to see straight through things as you know, as as you're as you're growing up. I would also like to point out that it's like who raised who raised these kids? Early Gen Z, that those are Xers. Like X, these are Xer parents mm-hmm. for the most part. They are fueled by larger than life Jupiter, and this is a mutable fire sign, which its characteristics are idealism and a lust for life. But when that becomes excessive, it's magnified under the influence of Pluto. And this is where that quest for the bigger picture becomes a person's demise. Because it's it, it, as the answer to endless questions saw on the internet, like, oh, it's like, these. this is the internet generation. They they were born with the internet. So yeah, they had a, they had a lot of questions, but they also had a lot of resources in order to get, to get the answers. And sometimes the answers weren't the, uh, the most honest or most direct. So um, this actually led to a dependency and a compulsion of online services, not to mention the beginning of the dark web. And in Sagittarius, that Plutonian drive throws restraint to the wind because Sagittarius is about freedom, right? It's like, don't tell me what to do. Yep. Uh, like, let me do my thing. And I, I think that's also interesting, right? Because they're also the experts of like caught off satire and also sarcasm. Like I have I have a, I have one of these kids. <laughs> 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 so you know it well. You know them yeah. well. And I know the sarcasm. And then in and I'm just like, how are you so good at it? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, because oh, it's who raised you, you know? Again, Gen mm-hmm. Xers or millennial or they had millennial siblings. Their power lies in ridiculing the things that they think deserve it. Mm-hmm. So like all the stale concepts, uninterrogated traditions, like they'll just make fun of that shit. Or, you know, they'll make a the chuggy or whatever and just make fun of it till till it goes away. Um, for Pluto and Sagittarius, there's no such thing as too much information. And that in itself speaks volumes. Cause when they came in basically at the like at the end of the of the millennium, 
they were surrounded by AI and robot toys like Furbies and Tamagotchis. They were the generation of individuals that knew deep down that there was more truth out there. And then they also observed the, their older Pluto and Scorpio siblings for the most part. If they, if they had siblings, that's who they would be. They would be millennials. That in itself would make the shadowy unknown much more intriguing because they'd see like what their siblings were getting into. Right. Um, so now they're like, you know, their interest is peaked. Mm-hmm. So when you're considering all of that, plus Pluto, this generation's triggering point stems from their audacity to question the source, whether it's academically, religiously, or politically speaking. Like, mm-hmm. they, they ask questions. They, yep. they don't just take things at face value. There's so many in that age group that are life path sevens, the seekers of deeper meaning um, with a tinge of spirituality and mm. intuitive mm-hmm. abilities. Yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. They're the first true digital natives. Um, yeah, they they and they're also um, in in recent years they they're the ones that have kind of brought in this whole cancel culture thing, which I personally have no problem with. Like, I don't. I think the verbiage is a little bit wrong. Like, it, people aren't canceled; they're called out for their wrongdoing. Like, that's that's all it is. Yeah, but yeah, they took they took the proverbial mic. Um, and they, they take down people, um, to, to show that like, this is, we're no longer doing this. We're we're no longer standing for this. If they, and if they don't actually take them down, they definitely try. And the audacity of trying, like when they tried to cancel Eminem, it's like, oh, you, y'all, you can't, you, you, this man is uncancelable. (laughs) Yeah. I just have to remember that they're also a Jupiter ruled sign, right? Jupiter ruled Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. So, uh, there's there there's no patience there there mm-hmm. and that planet also doesn't do nuance like there's just let's do this mm-hmm. they're the generation that is spreading the message as far and as wide as it can go we need that we do we need them we need we need we need these these Yep. This generation is also the one that has shown us the harm of the binary, whether it's like gender or gender expression, uh, heteronormativity for past generations. Like they just rejected that shit outright. Just be like, nope, we're not doing that. Like we've got to find a new way. Like there's more, there's more than just two. Like there's more than just what we've always known. Um, So they have also sought out new ways to find meaning, whether that's astrology, divination to new wisdom traditions, like outside of like church or temple, I, you know, walls and ideas. You know, it's interesting to me that I really look forward to seeing, and I hope that I'm around to see this. I really want to see this generation sort of as the majority mindset, because who, mm-hmm. who opposes these younger generations, the boomers, uh, well, yeah. the silent generation, the boomers, even some Xers, right? And, yes. then, and then there's also, you know, millennials as well in there. But mm-hmm. but it's just these 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 people or ideologies that oppose um, coming together and equality and, you know, a level playing field for everyone. Um, it has nothing to do with what generation they're born in, which it does. But my point is, is that it has everything to do with what they fear being taken from them. And that yes. is definitely generational because of course, silent generation was like, you gotta, you gotta do this and you gotta keep your mouth shut or else. <laughs> and then boomers are like, well, you gotta do this and you, or else, you know, the, or else yeah. generations. Yeah. It's like, you know, 
um, it's going to be interesting. Not that I want people to die, but it's going to be interesting to see what the world looks like when those generations finally die off because hopefully yeah. their ideologies will also die off and they're not going to be passed down, right? Yeah. I It also, though, makes a lot of sense with the boomers being Pluto and Leo and like not wanting the spotlight taken away from them, right. not wanting to give up their power like, yeah. and, and fighting really hard to hold on to their power. Whereas I could see Pluto and Libra, the Xers being more like, meh. Like, that's cool. Like, right. you know, let's like more for you and for me. Like, right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, being more, yeah, uh, being um, more about the community in that way. The and also, power- like, don't, don't tell us what to do. You know, that, yes. that, you know, more for all of us, but don't you tell us what we can and can't have. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, as Gen Z, being Pluto and Sagittarius as a generation, their power is the ability to go to the ends of the earth to discover and fight for meaningful power shifts in the world to free themselves and society of confining conventions. Yeah. I love that. That's their purpose. Yay. Yay purpose. (laughs) All right. And finally we get into Pluto and Capricorn. This is, Late Gen Z, also known as Generation Alpha. Okay. Uh, and this transit happened, this is from January 25th, 2008 to March 23rd, 2023. So generally, unless you've had a baby between March and now, if you have kids, they're probably one of these. The power of Pluto and Capricorn is the ability to appreciate lessons of the past and alchemically transform them into viable structures for future generations. So they're forward thinkers. Like yep. they're like, okay, this is how this is a system and this is how it's working right now. This is how we're going to make it better. Like, yep. you know, because you, you're a Capricorn. Mm-hmm. So since we have this transit in recent memory, like we've literally just been living this the last decade or so. We know that it brought about the crumbling of institutions and antiquated power structures that were long past their expiration date, like looking at you, colonialism, capitalism, and patriarchy. And I know they're not gone yet, but like we're actively working towards like dismantling that shit. For sure. This era also saw the Pluto and Capricorn transit play out in more concrete ways as like statues of historical figures that were once looked at as heroes were fucking taken down and just so like no more. Mm-hmm. Um, the educational curriculum was rightfully scrutinized as well. Mm-hmm. And we relearned history thanks to initiatives such as the 1619 Project, which was released at the moment of the United States Pluto return in 2021. Oh, shut up. That's so cool. (laughs) See, astrology is the coolest thing ever. It's like a giant motor in the sky that fuels evolution. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Those with Pluto and Capricorn are the children of Pluto in Libra and Pluto in Scorpio generations. So, you know, like I said, those are Gen Xers and millennials. And there's already been a lot of articles that are written about their um, divestment from screen cultures because these are like the the tablet babies. So the teens of today are, they're actually rejecting devices in favor of going offline too and uh, walking in nature and writing in physical notebooks. So there's there's some of them who are like, no, like (laughs) we're not just going to live digitally all the time. I love that. The, The boomers should like that too. 
I know, because they're like, in my day. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they've seen the ramifications of a life lived completely online. And they are the ones who are well poised to preserve tradition and carry it into the future once Pluto fully enters into Aquarius for 20 years, starting officially starting January 2024. Like when, once, uh, once Pluto moves into Aquarius in January of 24, it's just going to stay there for like mm-hmm. the next 20 years. Nice. So this generation uh, will build the time capsules that will include everything from the past that still has value. And then uh, utilizing the initiating powers of Pluto which in a cardinal earth sign that is that is Capricorn to erect a brand new foundation. Mm-hmm. And that's their purpose. That is their purpose. And you know, that's really interesting too, because yes, I am a Capricorn and I'm living on my Pluto line here in mm-hmm. Portland. Um, and so I, we talked about this earlier in the podcast, but those two things, what like what you just described, that's that's what's happened to me since I've moved here. Like it's this deconstruction, mm. this, you know, what's happening now and what do I want it to look like going forward? Yes. So that yes. makes absolute sense. Like dots connected. <laughs> uh, so what's coming next with this Pluto in Aquarius? So Pluto in Aqua'us will be technically like I said, 2023 ish up till 2043. Okay, long time. Yeah, long time. Uh, but this is the whole like age of Aquarius thing that mm-hmm. we know we've been hearing about for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but because Pluto in Aquarius is more attached to the mind than to emotions, it's a bit easier to let go of all that no longer serves mm-hmm. than it may have been for previous generations. So that's that's a good thing. That's amazing. And in contrast to Capricorn, Aquarius rules independence, community, innovation, scientific reasoning, and the rational. So when Pluto goes into Aquarius, we can expect reckonings and innovations around technology, air travel, and community organizing. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody the other day was talking about why aren't planes, why aren't airplanes like a bus? Like the the government runs them, and we just like pay our fare, like pay like a like a normal fare, yeah. And we just like get on the bus and like go places because and CEOs, capitalism, uh, capitalism. capitalism, yes, yep. yeah. Okay, so personally, don't really like a whole lot of astrology predictions. Like I, I don't like. I don't get into it either. I don't like fear mongering. Okay. Right. So what I'm doing right now, this is don't take it as fear mongering. <laughs> but the only way that we we learn from history is by learning the history so that we don't repeat it again. But it also does give us some insights as to like, hey, this happened this many years ago, the last time this planet was in the same spot, blah, blah, blah. Like, for example, just during 2020, during the pandemic, and forgive me because I don't know the actual transit, but I do know that the main transit that was happening that year, it had been 500 years since we had seen that. And 500 years before 2020 was when we had um, we had the uh, Black Plague. The, I was just going to say that the, yes. the plague, again, astrology, it's a big old yes. clock, a motor in the sky helping us yes. learn our lessons and grow. Yep. So the last time Pluto moved into Aquarius was at the end of the 18th century between 1778 and 1798. 
And this coincided with the beginning of what some historians consider to be the age of revolution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This was a time in history when all countries over all over the world were rising up and challenging the ruling authority. These included major political and social revolutions on every continent. So just for our example, the American Revolution, the French Revolution, uh, Louis XIV and Marie Antoinette were sent to the guillotine during this time period. That all happened during Pluto in Aquarius. Oh, my. Oh, and it's happening now. It's starting to happen with the rise of. Oh, uh-huh. this is we are in we are living in fascinating times people yes fascinating okay here here's my um here's a little bit my worry though because you know how i told you about i mentioned about how pluto goes retrograde right yeah so pluto is gonna have another fucking retrograde how long right during the time of the election in november of 2024 oh no right which means it's gonna go back into capricorn it goes back into capricorn which means it it can be more of the same. So that's where I would say, people, we got to vote. We can't be apathetic. We can't just allow things to just run as they may or or don't let other people make decisions for you. Get out there. So it, I am an MSNBC watcher, right? I love to okay. watch Ari Melber. I love to watch Rachel Maddow, you know, and then Lawrence O'Donnell because he's petty. <laughs> He says things just to be petty and it cracks me up. But I've had to limit it because MSNBC, first off, they're 24 7 fucking Trump. Everything is about Trump. And it's like, dude, I want to, I don't want to read about this or hear about him all the time. Mm -mm. So, Mm -mm. but so it's interesting because I've had to limit myself because there's so much fear mongering on MSNBC about what could potentially happen if this dude goes back. But they're occasionally they'll have these episodes or these segments on there where, they're actually showing us around the world where people are pushing back, where people are saying, no, we're not, quote unquote, going back, right? Capricorn, Pluto and Capricorn is not something that we want to go back to. We can't go yes. back to it. And it's being led by um, 51% of nonpartisan voters who are like, you're not taking away our rights, our reproductive rights. You're, it's like voters are saying, no. You're not taking things from us. So I have hope yeah. that Pluto and Capricorn retrograde is going to be the energy that says, look, look, look at what we're going to have. And people are going to say, no, we're not. We're not going to have that. So, mm-hmm. again, it's people and mentality and it's evolution. And God knows, you know, God forbid we have to go through another four years of that douchebag because we'll completely lose all forms of democracy. I know. I know. I have a few people that I follow and I I can see like their disenchantment and and I can understand their frustration with like the world as it is because it's not fucking perfect. I get it. Like and 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 there's only so much progress that we have been able to make over the last four years. A lot of it has been just fucking fixing all the mess that Trump left, which I, I'm just like, how how can we be that short sighted? But there's just a couple a couple of things that I, I just want to make a point on. One, if you haven't already, look into Project 2025. 
And yes. that is not just a Trump endorsed thing. There are several Republican candidates who are endorsing Pro- Project 2025. That shit is dangerous. Yep. And then my my other point is because I, I, I hate it. I hear it all the time, right? About, well, well, Biden's so old and, and all this. And I, I understand. I agree with you. Honestly, like Bernie was my guy. Yep. I'm doing this Biden thing because because it's fucking better with the alternative. Do I wish that we weren't stuck in this two-party system? Yes, I do, 100%. I, I wish that we didn't have this. But for now we're we're stuck here. I don't I don't I have yet to see a way out. Anyway, um I didn't I didn't vote for Biden because I thought he was going to solve all my fucking problems. Nope. And 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 because I thought he was going to be like, you know, this wonderful magical fucking magician nope. magician you know who was gonna do all these things i didn't expect that from him but i did i did expect him to put the right people in office to help him you know at least get stuff done which he has he has he done has that. he's not giving he's not being given the proper credit and also the democratic yeah. party or the biden administration they're not mm-hmm. they're not highlighting all the things that he has done yes um yeah. they're focused yeah. on you know, it's being overfocused yes. on what he has done. So can I just yeah. clarify? You said you didn't vote for Biden. You did vote for Biden, but you didn't vote for Biden for the wrong reasons, correct? Yeah. What I'm saying right. is I didn't I didn't vote for Biden for because I thought he was going to be this magician who was going to come and fix everything. I voted for him because I knew he would put the right people in place to help him get stuff done. Yes. Whereas what we saw with Trump was not only did he not know what the fuck he was doing, he also brought in a bunch of people and the few that could have like done a good job refused to work for him and quit after like a week or two or less. Like they stuck it out as long as they could. Well, they're actually the founders of um, Project 2025 or, um, you know, uh, there's there's other organizations out there that uh, that are comprised of like generals that worked for him or, Mm -hmm. you know, high level um, people in the mm-hmm. initial early 2016 Trump administration that uh-huh. left that uh-huh. are coming together and saying, you absolutely cannot have this man in office because we will, we will completely lose our democracy. Yes. He will be, he will be untethered. There will be no social norms that he must follow. Like it's mm-hmm. literally going to evolve or devolve yeah. into an yeah. authoritarian politics. Like democracy yeah. will be gone. It'll be gone. But and and but you know what? Like going back to like seeing seeing the astrology of these things. Do we? Does it have to get worse in order for it to get better? I don't. I don't. I don't know. But the problem <laughs> is, is that we are worse. It got worse in order for it. We're we've already we've seen worse. Yes, do we have to worse. see even more worse? Because I that's know. going to be. I mean, yeah. our people, our friends, our family. Mm-hmm. They're gonna start dragging people away. I could with 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 a with a even though I'm an American citizen, I was born in the Amer- in America mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. United States. I could get dragged um, out of my country. I could get incarcerated, just ripped off the streets. And you might think people might think, oh, you guys are being silly, right? Right. But no, that's right. exactly what's going to happen. There's going to be a cleansing, an ethnic cleansing that's going to happen, and yeah. all yeah. non. Caucasian people will be um, somehow impacted negatively. There will be very few that will be allowed to live the American lifestyle as we know it. Yeah, I I absolutely know this, and it's never been more crucial as it is now. Yeah, and another theme that I saw, I it was just this morning. This was 
a girl I follow on TikTok who's a witch, and she's talking about how so far evangelicals have focused their legislation and their hatred towards LGBTQ people. Yep. But they have also, not as much, not in politics, but they have also been talking about women who, who practice witchcraft. They're coming for us. Yep. Even if you don't identify as a witch, like the fact that like we're talking about astrology mm-hmm. that we deal with within spirituality, we'd be labeled witches. Yep. Whether you want to label yourself or not, like 100%. they will, they'll label 100%. us. So I don't know, man, like it's getting fucking sketch out there. Okay. One last it thing. It is getting sketch out there. Okay. Just to close my thing off. Okay. So if we go back another 248 years before the 17, the 1700s, the last time Pluto's Pluto was in Aquarius, that was 1532 to 1553. That was the Protestant Reformation. This was when the Catholic Church's authority was challenged, aka when there was a king who declared himself more powerful than the Pope because they wouldn't let him get a divorce. Okay, does that sound familiar at all? It's like (laughs) if someone declares themselves all powerful over everyone Mm -hmm. else because they wouldn't let him do what he wanted to do. Uh, It's going to happen. He will not, uh, he will not leave the white house um, and will pass it on to um, his children. And I just don't think that sane Americans will allow that to happen. I just, I truly don't. And all the times that I've gone into meditation about this or, you know, I've said, Mm -hmm. all right, you know, Show me, show me, show me, gimme. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't feel that, but I also know that it will be attempted. And I'm so afraid of the people that are going to lose their life because of it. This is about civil liberties. This is about people losing their civil liberties, people being incarcerated and jailed and deported and carted off and imprisoned and all of those things. Mm -hmm. And it's going to happen here. Um, in America and people just don't believe it. And it's like, well, if you don't believe it, it's because you're protected. And why are you protected? Because you are a cis white male or a cis white female. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. Those are the people that are protected. Yeah. And um, it's just, it's, it's good. So I hope that it doesn't get bad before it gets better because how this is bad. And we, we already had not, the pandemic. You know, like you guys, we were already like sequestered into our houses and, and unsure about our jobs and our health and the world in general. And we had this moron at the helm fucking talking about. He didn't do anything about he it. He didn't do shit about it because he Inject. thought it was a hoax and whatever. And he was recommending. Inject yourself with bleach or something. Yeah. Or, or give yourself horse medicine or whatever anyway i don't know like i just hate that people's attention spans are so short like how did we just forget Uh, how did they forget all right let's we're gonna regroup and we're going to um we're we're falling into the fear here And, um, but it's because it's so important. It's so important for everybody to understand what's at stake and not be apathetic around this. Yes. And, Uh, and, and here's, here's my thing, right? Is because what is the point of us looking into astrology, following astrology, like watching major transits and understanding? Because when you put it in, in this way, like, right, everything that I've just talked about, I am putting astrology into a historical context. And also it's, it's tying in the history with a sole purpose. 
Aquarius is the sign of the revolutionary and the visionary. And in and of itself, it is not about war or destruction. So don't let me like, you know, or we're not we're not talking about that. But we do see that in times when Pluto has implemented the Aquarian vision of equality and freedom, many societies indeed experience war and destruction. Yes, yes, there is a great deal of pushback, a great deal of pushback. And that's what we're trying to get people to see that this is history repeating itself. Yeah, Um, It is happening. Mm -hmm. And so as a people, we are the only ones that can stop it from getting worse. Yes. Yep. Uh, we've got to, we got to exercise our democracy while we still have it. <laughs> like, Right. Yes. <laughs> Yay, democracy. Uh, yes. I think everybody needs to watch Schoolhouse Rock. Um, and Gosh. all of the Schoolhouse Rocks, except for one, there was one that was really dumb. Um, um, and I don't, you know, Hanker for a Hunk of Cheese is also one that, man, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's a good, good ditty. Anyway, Schoolhouse Rock, um, yes, I think will really help people. And just remember, too, as we enter this phase of the age of Aquarius, Aquarius is all about collective responsibility. It's about what we're learning how and how we're learning to be part of a larger system and as opposed to just caring about ourselves and our immediate family. That's like the biggest, most important lesson that this time is bringing us. And that's what we're looking at the next 20 years. Yeah. I mean, for the first time, I am really, I mean, I'm heartened because these younger generations are just not having it. They really are not having it. And I'm so heartened by that, especially with all of those that are coming um, up to be eligible for voting, which is why gerrymandering and cheating Mm -hmm. has been such a popular tactic with um, the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am heartened by all of the young souls that are coming up. But I also um, am feeling fear at levels that I've never felt before in my entire life yes. um, ever. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, it is, it's just like, all right, well, let's just, let's see how this happens. Yeah. Um, we have to come together and support each other rather than, you know, this division. So. Yeah. I was going to add this at the end of this episode, but instead what I'm going to do is when I post um, this episode on Instagram and on our Facebook, I am going to include the, stations of Pluto. So this is so that you can take your personal astrology chart and you can see what house Pluto is sitting in. And this will mean how you personally transform, like what what kind of transformation, you know, takes place for you and how how you get it done. So I'm going to do this um, on the post. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, so if we look at our at our chart, mm-hmm. like for instance, I have Pluto in my 12th house. Okay. In Virgo. So that is transportation transformation through meditation and psychology, which makes okay, sense. Like, right. right. It's like what you yep. do. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yep. I love that. All right. All right. And that's all I have for you today. What a fun and interesting conversation that was. Thank you very much. That was good. You're welcome. Fun. Well, beautiful, beautiful people. That means it's time to say goodbye. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please share it on your stories, subscribe, leave us a review. Um, This helps the podcast grow and um, we love growing and we love having the ability to do this work. 
Thank you all for hanging out with us today. Stay mystical, magical, and don't let anyone tell you what to do, especially a boomer. Okay, bye. I mean, no matter what generation you are, don't let anybody tell you what to do. Don't tell you what to do.